Dad, and welcome to the Who Dat Dish podcast, providing the best news around our beloved New Orleans Saints as part of Fansided. Welcome to our second season here at the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. And Who Dat, everybody. I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. We are very excited to bring you the second season of the Who Dat Dish podcast. Of course, you guys know the first season went off with a bang, so we're going to try to do that with the second one, too. Thank you so much, by the way, guys, for the support uh, last season and the upcoming support for this season. As always, we appreciate it. So for the 2018-2019 season, we will continue to bring you the best coverage and the best conversations surrounding our team, the New Orleans Saints, and with fantastic guests and just amazing shows to come. So look forward to that, guys. Yeah, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. It's the best way to stay up to date with us. It's where we tweet our polls, uh, episode announcements, who we're having on as a guest. Speaking of which, let's welcome our very first guest to the season. Uh, he's a good friend of ours and obviously of the show. He was actually the first special guest we ever had on the the podcast, uh, and he appeared Ooh. in our season finale with Mark George uh, last month. So. Please welcome, joining us from Maryland, one of the biggest and best Saints fans out there. You guys know him and love him. Charlie Pollock. Charlie, how you doing, man? What's up, guys? Good to be back. Thank you. Great to have you back. You can follow Charlie on Twitter, at St. Charlie. Always tweeting about the latest Saints news and updates. Uh, Obviously, with everything going now in the offseason with the draft combine, some rumors, which we'll get to later, about certain former tight end that was on the team. Uh, Favorite time of the year for me, Charlie. Are you, you having fun? Even no, even though we haven't been watching any football, you having fun this offseason so far? Yeah, definitely definitely the best part of the offseason for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, that time, you know, free agency's getting ready to hit a, uh, heat up. We just saw the combine, everyone in their mock drafts, even though no yeah. one knows what the hell's getting ready to happen. It's great. Yeah, uh, for sure the best time of the offseason for me. And we started the podcast last year in June, I think which was right around, like, right before OTAs or, or right around the same time as OTAs, right before training camp. That's the most boring part of the offseason. That right there is is immensely boring. We had to come up with a bunch of stuff. So now that we're starting here, it's just a whole lot more fun. So we're excited to have you on the show, Charlie. Tyler, how you yep. been, man, since our hiatus? How you been, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm pretty happy knowing that uh, we signed another safety. I'm pretty happy yeah. about that. I know we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited. Uh, considering we've got a lot of players to talk about, we've got a lot of players to cover. So yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm ready to do this. Let's Me too. Go. Me too. Let's go uh, that be sure to follow Tyler on Twitter at Raymond Tyler M. He's also a, a big uh, Fortnite gamer right now. So uh, if, if you're uh, the leader of, of Fortnite. the leader of Fortnite <laughs> Battle Royale is is Tyler Raymond right there. So be sure to follow him on Twitter. Follow me at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Obviously, we are going to be tweeting about the podcast as well on our personal podcast and. Uh, if you enjoy what we say, then you'll you'll find more of what we're saying on Twitter, so be sure to follow us. Uh, before we jump into the reviewing the draft combine, which is kind of what this episode is going to be surrounded around, uh, just quickly going to plug in articles of the week, obviously from whodatdish.com, where we come from, where this podcast is based out of. Uh, I've been working on a series there. Uh, my fourth part is coming out sometime this week. Uh, it's called series. Thank you so much, Todd. It's called One yeah. Pick and One Signing to Make the 2018 Saints Better. Um and this past one, part three, I had us, uh, well, I, I guess I'll spoil it right here. Dallas Godair as our selection, tight end out of South Dakota State, and Justin Ellis, defensive tackle from the Oakland Raiders, as their signing. Uh, you can check out why I had them as the one pick and one signing in part three uh, on the article. Go to hoodaddish.com, or you can follow me on Twitter and, and find it there. 
Um, but that's exactly what we're going to jump into. We're going to find out what's going to make the New Orleans Saints better. It starts with this episode of Season 2. Thank you so much again for joining us. Let's review yeah. what happened at the Combine. Obviously, like every year, it happened at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. The Saints hold the 27th overall pick in the NFL draft this year. Um, after being eliminated in the divisional round in last year's playoffs. Great run, and uh, our draft pick is is actually pretty okay, in my opinion. I wish we had a second-round pick. We'll get into that a little bit later, but let's just go off the bat. Obviously, the Combine had a lot of, I, I, I guess, big names out there and also smaller guys that made themselves into big names. Um, so, Charlie, I'll start with you, man. Right off the bat, just the, the, the biggest obvious question out there for the Saints come draft time. Who do you have them selecting at 27th overall this season? It's tough. I mean, 27 is like it definitely beats uh draft in mid, you know, mid first round where we've been mm-hmm. the last 3 years. That's basically draft hell. It's like right. you weren't good enough to get to the playoffs and draft towards the end of the first round and you weren't bad enough to draft up higher where you could get, you know, a little bit more of assurance with who your pick is. So, but to be picking down at 27 is pretty cool because that means in 2017 we were good and we we're building on something to bring us into 2018 that should be good. So, in that respect, I'm happy we're picking kind of late, but also it's it's tough to draft back there um, and really feel confident about what about what we're getting. Like I've been reading a lot of mocks lately, um, not only to prepare for this, but just you know for my own amusement. Um, and it's really tough. I mean, I know uh, Matt Miller of Bleacher Report released his full-on seven-round mock uh, yeah. today, and he had us taking uh, Arden Key, which. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's I'm cool with that. I, I would I would be okay with that. I mean, especially you know an LSU guy and us Saints fans always complain about not drafting enough LSU guys. So maybe that would, you know, maybe that would throw a little bone to us. But yeah, you know, I'm gonna go based off of last year's draft. Um, and my buddy on 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 Twitter, Will UFC Gators, Will he he really pushes offensive linemen in the first round, and I'm I'm becoming more and more right there with him. I mean. As, as far as where we pick, like there's some talent in this first round where if we were drafted higher, I, I would feel good about getting, um, you know, like Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker. I think he would be he would be phenomenal. But, I, you know, I just really don't think he'll be there at 27. So yeah. for me personally, I'm going to go and this is, uh, you know, to qualify this a little bit more is I'm operating under the assumption that we're going to lose Senio Calamente, which kind of mm. sucks because, you know, he's our he's really our he's a starter, you know. Yeah being being honest here he is a starter for the saints but uh you know i, I imagine he wants a, a full-on starting role rather than being that sixth offensive lineman who who plays you know 10 to 14 weeks a year or, or whatever but right so i'm i'm gonna operate under the assumption that we're losing him and in first round i'm gonna go even though he got uh i think he hurt his peck or something i still really like billy price mm. um yeah out of ohio state big guy and i I also really like uh, James Daniels out of uh, Ohio, uh, Iowa. Those two guys, um, we need a well, we need a swing tackle because you know, again, we're assuming that um, you know we'll get into this later, but that Streif is going to retire, so we do need another tackle. But we need a swing interior lineman, and both of these guys, I think, would be able to would you know without Warford, Unger, and uh, Pete would probably be able to come in and start day one, but. They would be good swing guards. And also, guys, Unger's getting up there in age. Um, yeah. He's kind of expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you want to be smart, you know, it, like the Patriots, you know, they offload uh, 
guys when they're kind of getting older and expensive. And I wouldn't be surprised if 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 maybe you know in the next year or two Unger is not here anymore. And that center position is so important. And I don't see his replacement on on the roster. And given how safe uh, these Big Ten linemen typically are, mm-hmm. uh, I really like the Iowa program. I think they they really put together some solid. Um, Lineman, I'm good with those two guys. I'm also okay with uh, Arden Key if that is the way we go because I do like the idea of drafting an edge rusher. Um, but I, you know, fans have been screaming it for years. Nick Underhill had a really good article this week where he talked about you know how fans have been screaming for an edge rusher, but we haven't drafted it because that's just not really how the board fell. And given the success of our last two drafts uh, manned by uh, Jeff Ireland, I'm really okay with their board. Um, you know, I don't, there's hasn't been any picks where I'm really, you know, that I think aren't, weren't very smart. So if we did go Arden key, I'm cool with that. Some other people have gotten uh, Christian Kirk coming to us. Mm. I'm okay with that too, because yeah. we do need a slot. You know, we don't really have that guy on the roster um, because we don't know what's up with Willie Sneed. We don't know if Austin Carr can become that. So, Long-winded answer is I'm cool with drafting one of these interior linemen. Uh, I think they're safe. Linemen tend to be the safest first-round picks out of all all positions on both sides of the ball. So if something weird happened and, like, Vita Vea fell all the Mm. way down, I'm totally cool with that, too. Yeah, Yeah, we we need a defensive tackle, too. And it's crazy because our offensive line was ranked as the the best offensive line a season ago. But with the retirement of, first of all, Zach Streif, uh, who had a fantastic career with the Saints. Uh, it looks like he's on his way out. Uh, again, Senio Calamente, don't know if he's going to be back. And, yeah, you brought up an interesting point with Max Unger, expensive guy. He's getting up there in age. And we drafted a Big Ten lineman last year in the draft, and Ryan Ramchek, and he shined in his rookie season. He'll continue to shine for us as long as he stays healthy. Uh, and, yeah, again, if we go from uh, for uh, another offensive lineman, there's nothing wrong with that in, in my eyes, honestly, Charlie. So I, I really like that as well. Uh, Tyler, what are you thinking, man? Who, who who do you like there at 27? Let me just first off say that I am so happy that the podcast is back. We can finally start talking about this. I have people listening, chiming in on their answers. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, let me first off say I, I just want to agree with you, Charlie. Now, although my answer is going to be different, I, I agree with a lot of your points. I think, one, uh, Max Hunger is getting up there in age. I think, two, the Saints should always – almost have one eye like if you have one eye looking forward you should always have one eye looking back on that offensive line i think i know i know there isn't a ton of people with me but i'm always the guy uh first that says you need to make sure the offensive line is key healthy good to go because drew Brees won't be able to get anything done if he's scrambling for his life he isn't russell wilson but um okay uh i think the saints uh should and maybe will go with Rashawn Evans, uh, linebacker of Alabama, and here is why. Although the offensive line could need some work, although they could use a receiver, a defensive end would be nice, as would a corner and a billion other things. The one thing the Saints have never truly had, uh, you guys can argue with me on this one, I think other positions have been addressed like as the course of history has come through the team. The Saints have never truly had an outstanding linebacker, especially through the draft, since Jonathan Vilma, and I think Rashawn Evans is the next Jonathan Vilma if he dons to black and gold. You know, he's smart, he's athletic, he's a beast, He he's a big guy, and I don't know, I think just we're making, we're obviously, we're 
getting steps in the right direction with this linebacking core. But obviously, on the defense, it was still the weakest link of the chain for last year. And I think if you bring Rashawn Evans uh, with everybody else right now, that drastically changes it for the Saints. Makes the team so much better, in my opinion. But, yeah, I do agree with you guys building other positions. But I just think right now, Rashawn Evans is my pick. And I think, hopefully, he'll become a Saint. That's, that's my two cents. I really like Rashawn Evans, too. I had him as one of my guys that we should pick with 27. Alabama guy, he actually grew up in Auburn, uh, and it, instead of choosing Auburn, obviously, he went to Roll Tide, and his family got a lot of a lot of backlash for that, as did he. So he's been playing on a, with a chip on his shoulder, trying to prove himself ever since he got um, to uh, the Alabama campus. So I really like that attitude that he brings onto the field. And he measures, what, well, he's 6'3", 234 pounds. I think he's going to be a great—he can fit into the 3-4 or 4-3 scheme. I yeah. just really hope if we pick him there, he's not going to turn into another Stefan Anthony. I think that he's better overall athletically and his size. Uh, but, again, Stefan Anthony, we drafted him to be a weak side linebacker. Uh, or I guess we had hopes of him being, you know, I guess maybe like a starting middleman. But uh, his ceiling all along was going to be a really good weak side linebacker, and he never panned out to be that. Rashawn Evans kind of the same way, but, again, I think that he's more talented. Another linebacker I really like, and, again, I don't know if, if the, the guy I'm about to say or Evans will be there at 27 because I do think both of them are, are, are really talented, but I've seen multiple mock drafts with either one of these guys falling to us at 27. Uh, so I really like the chances of us getting him. The other guy would be uh, Raquan Smith. Out of, out of Georgia, another linebacker. Six foot one, two thirty six. He ran a four point five one forty yard dash at the combine this weekend, and he was obviously the Butkus Award winner in twenty seventeen for the best linebacker in the country. I I, I think that this guy is going to have a really really good NFL career. Both of these guys are SEC linebackers, and uh, I don't know. I feel like those guys are just able to uh, thrive in college because they are already NFL ready, and I think you see that with Smith. Um, so I, I'd like to see either of those guys taken at 27. We do need a linebacker on the team. One of my biggest fears for the Saints team, watching these guys play, I saw it a little bit last year, uh, runs up the middle. We gave up a lot of runs up the middle. If we have more physical linebackers there in the core, or even addressing defensive tackle, like you said, Avita Vey out of Washington Falls to 27, Charlie. I'd love that as well because he, he'd be able to, and again, with a guy like Justin Ellis, I suggested us maybe perhaps signing Sheldon Richardson, or Sheldon Richardson, Sheldon Rankins commands a lot of double teams for us. Uh, and if we get another big body in there at defensive tackle, I, I mean, what teams are going to have to leave at least one of them open, and then that'll leave even more room for Cameron Jordan. So I think getting a big body um, in the front seven somewhere, defensive tackle, outside linebacker, whatever it may be, to free up some gaps and also to stop the huge gains up the middle would greatly benefit the saints a lot uh, so but and and then we're at a crossroads here for the saints as well because we do have a lot of positions to address and one of them like like charlie said is the slot wide receiver i do like christian kirk out of texas a&m i also really like Cortland sutton out of smu uh i had him in my the first part of my series as, as the pick for us because that was uh, i think mel kuyper jr's his first mock draft had us picking Cortland sutton at uh 27 so <laughs> I, I don't know if we can go wrong in this draft. Um, I, I have a lot of trust in Loomis and Jeff Ireland now for not only what they've done last year, but I, I just think that their instincts are usually in the right place. They, they, they play, they're usually conservative when it comes to the draft for the most part. Uh, don't trade up often. And we've seen success like that with the new England Patriots. And, and, and 
I, I would like to see that more often with the Saints. So I got a lot of trust in them. I, I could see us selecting either a linebacker or, or uh, offensive lineman more more so than any other position. But I also think wide receiver needs to be addressed. Um, so after the combine, obviously a lot of minds have changed about some of the prospects or, or they've been bolstered. Um, I'll, I'll start with Tyler this time. Uh, okay. Which prospect surprised you the most at the combine and is now could be considered a top option for the Saints in your opinion? Ah, uh, here actually, I have to. I have it saved in my safari. Here we go. Here. Uh, so basically, it's the tight end, uh, Mike Jusicki. 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 Yeah. And so basically, uh, I know sometimes um, prospects don't always get a lot of hype, especially if. Um, but coming from other sports, you don't know how a player will transition. Uh, I'm just going to – Jaziki. Uh, so, basically, uh, he's played with other sports in the past, volleyball, etc. cetera. Uh, he's a big guy, jumps really uh, uh, high, if that matters to anyone. But, uh, yeah, he's a tight end, and I think, especially over the combine, after that happened, his, uh, his stock really improved. And I think that could be a playmaker that the Saints could use, you know, to – get things open for everybody you know obviously a tight end is obviously a need right now for us with Kobe Fleener not exactly uh doing what he's getting paid for but yeah I think he could be a cool option how about you guys I I like that what about you Charlie um I think as far as someone who who could fall to us at 27 or or maybe was was projected to go after 27 but but rose up um Might be DJ Chark keeping it in yep. the in yep. the in the boot. Um, you know, a lot of these these LSU consistently uh, sends good receivers to the NFL, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time you just don't. You know, they're not really the hot and buzzworthy names every year because of typically who's throwing them the ball. Um, when Landry and uh, Odell Beckham came out, we knew we knew they were both going to be good. Yeah. Um, you know, and as, as bizarre as this sounds, Mettenberger is probably like one of the better quarterbacks that LSU's had for a mm-hmm. long time. And, uh, and, you know, what happened? You have two of the better wide receivers in the NFL right now. Um, so I would say someone who may, maybe climbed up a little bit is DJ Chark. I mean, he kind of – he could he could kind of fill the uh, – fill a role uh i see him more as maybe like a ted ginn type of replacement maybe not as fast but he's not really a slot receiver although i know um sean payton could could get him in the slot i mean you know sean payton can will literally put anybody in the slot um our tight ends run in the slot uh mike thomas runs out of the slot ted ginn ran out of the slot but as far as like a traditional slot receiver we don't have it but i could see him being explosive from the slot um yeah i mean i, I I don't know. I mean, a lot of these guys, and then maybe, maybe even um, Shaquem uh, Griffin. Hype train, he, right? I don't think he was necessarily projected to go any He's anywhere before the the third or fourth round. I yeah, mean, yeah. A lot of people kind of think of him as like a a um, special teams backup, like a special there. teams guy who might be able to work in and, and fight for some playing time. But I mean, there's no doubt the guy's got the guy's an athlete. Yeah, you know, someone's gonna draft him and find a way to use him. And you know, I'd be I'd be all about that if if, if it were him. I don't know about taking him as high as in the first round, but oh. you know, he might be someone we could get maybe in the third round. He mm-hmm. he can catch better with one hand than a lot of defensive backs can with two. It was his combine workout is. Not only, first of all, inspirational, I think his whole career at UCF was, the way he was able to play. 
Um, but I, it was just so impressive to watch watch him uh, uh, run the field. And obviously, he had a 4.38 40-yard dash, uh, the fastest by any linebacker in the combine since I believe it was 2003. Which I'm pretty yep. was it wasn't that the first year of the combine anyway. Uh, the NFL con- so it's like the fastest linebacker at the combine. Uh, I think that's what I, I read yeah. ever. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see Griffin on the team too. Uh, I think that he would be a surprise pick. I only I, I think that his stock will only continue to rise just because he is a intelligent young guy. So the more interviews he does, the more he gets in front of the camera. The, I think the more front offices will like him and, and have him on the team. I'd like to see that. Um, before I get into my my, my guys, I'd I, I like to or that kind of surprised me at the combine that I really like um, the wide receiver debacle for the saints is so interesting because i was just reading this tweet by field yates i wanted to bring up earlier i'll bring it up now um of the 2018 free agent wide receiver class there's a lot of good names out there there's sammy watkins alan robinson marquise lee paul richardson mike wallace danny amendola jordan matthews dante moncrief a lot of veterans on that on that team so if, if we do decide to draft a wide receiver um i i i'd almost prefer that just because to get the young rookie scale contract but if most of these guys are gone, that leaves some at least somewhat good receivers out there on the market still that won't be commanding a lot of money that the Saints could come in and swoop up. I just thought that was interesting to see um, such a huge wide receiver class with so much talent in a pass-happy league. So it's going to be a very interesting free agency period. But as far as the draft and, and who surprised me at the Combine that I w- would love to see the Saints uh, maybe get as a top option, obviously Dallas Goder, tight end out of South Dakota State. I mentioned him earlier. Um, I think I think your tight end option, Tyler uh, Jaseki, is probably going to be gone before twenty seven. Um, but it depends on on what teams are valuing tight ends for Dallas Goder. Though he's six foot five, two hundred fifty five pounds. He's a huge target, and he had the most bench reps out of um, all of the tight ends at the combine. He had twenty three of them, which is pretty impressive to me. It shows his strength. Um, but also he he didn't run the forty which I really wanted to see him because that that's that's the knock on him is he's lacking NFL type strides and 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 speed agility. He does lack that a little bit, but he has some of the best hands out of any of the tight ends here. He's going to be able to make acrobatic catches. Like I said, big guy, big red zone target for Drew Brees. I'd love to see us go after him. And also another LSU guy. He's a cornerback and I don't necessarily think that we need a cornerback, but we do need to bolster our the, the, the depth for our secondary, as we've seen, because injuries can hit us at any position, any time. So if a guy like Ken Crawley goes down, are we confident enough in, you know, PJ Williams and, and Sterling Moore and back, even if you know, we don't even know if Sterling Moore will be part of the team. Um, and we'll get to the Vaccaro Coleman situation a little bit. So our secondary just, I, I think it needs more depth. Uh, so there's another LSU guy, Dante Jackson, cornerback. Uh, five foot. He, he's got a small frame. He's five foot eleven, hundred seventy-five pounds. He, he he's a small guy. He's, he's a small frame, but I think he would be a, a fantastic um, third cornerback on this team off the bat. Four point three two forty yard dash. Quick guy, very agile. We could probably even have him be some sort of a free safety almost, and not necessarily be there, but you know, cover the third. Um, he lacks tackling ability, so again, it would just be for for coverage to keep up with speedy guys, but. His combine workout was actually really impressive to me, besides his obviously smaller frame. I think that he's an NFL-ready guy, though. And, and again, local guy from LSU. Fast, could be at least, at the very least, a special teams uh, guy to start out with, a gunner to help us out. I'd enjoy that. But uh, I think Dallas Goder right now is one of my favorite guys up there on the board that the Saints can pick at 27. 
Uh, I, I'd love to see us go after after Godair overall. Um, yeah. But there's yeah. so many good prospects out there for the Saints at 27. That's the good thing. Doesn't happen my too problem often. with the uh, my problem with this is that <clears throat> at picking at 27, I feel like it's almost like you could get into a situation where you're reaching on someone. Like yeah. a lot of these guys that we like um, are either going to be gone or they may not be worth the 27th pick. Right. You know, right. it, I guess it really just depends on how the scouts have evaluated these guys and how Ireland has his, yep. his draft board. But I really like the idea of a corner because, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into the Vicaro stuff later, but the void he leaves in covering the slot, um, yeah. you know, I think maybe we could get by with PJ in the slot. Maybe we could get by. I mean, I, you got to think that, you know, basically last year was his first year because he was, he was out his entire rookie year. And then the next year he only played in like a few plays and then he was out. So last year was really his, his first year getting game you know, game experience, but corner is a, is definitely a position in need. You know, we all love De- uh, Delvin Bro, but we just we just don't know what's going to happen with him. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, he's still up in the air. That's a name we haven't brought up in a while. Is Delvin Bro? I don't I don't even know if he's going to be back with the team. But he's so up and down. And and also in drafts like this too, we saw it last year. I think a lot of prospects were um, not necessarily overrated, but more so overvalued by a lot of front offices in the first the round last year. I mean, Reuben Foster again. He had the injury, the, the I, I believe it was a shoulder injury concern coming into the draft. He he fell to 31. This was supposed to be like a top 10 pick. Uh, he fell away to 31. Uh, and a guy like John Ross, impressed at the combine, follows to, I, I think he got drafted like 9th or 10th by the by the Bengals, whichever, whatever it was. He was top 10 pick. And, I mean, he didn't impress at all his, his rookie year. So, uh, yeah. obviously, you, you see those cases every draft. But at 27, we could also see some really talented guys fall to us as well. So we're in a, we're in kind of an awkward position. Could be a blessing, could be a curse. Yeah. What we need to hope is that similar to what happened last year happens again, where there's an early offense run and right. Right. uh, You know, there's some, some quarterback needy teams up at the top that are also in the Kirk cousins sweepstakes. So it's, it's just amazes me how much, you know, leverage Kirk cousins has. Yeah. (laughs) Like not only does he have the, the leverage for his own damn contract, but it's like the entire draft board is going to change. Once he yeah. lands at a certain team, like, you know, and then Case Keenum, these other quarterbacks they need to, they need to sign, you know, yeah. and that, that month, I guess, or so, or five or so weeks between yeah. when agency opens and the draft, you know, then the dominoes know, will the way, fall. Yeah, but dominoes will fall. That's exactly right. Absolutely. So guys, speaking, I know we we're just covering it. Speaking of the 27th pick, I figured it'd be a good time to bring it up. So uh, there have been a lot of talks, especially with the Saints right now, that they could be really risky, you know, with the 27th pick. A lot of people could even have us going quarterback, a position we don't exactly need right now, but a position uh, that could be addressed that could help us for a future. A lot of teams uh, have even suggested that the Saints should trade down to acquire more picks. Uh, obviously, we talked about it earlier. The Saints don't have a second-round pick. Obviously, that was well worth it because of Alvin Kamara. But, um, so let's start with you, Charlie. I really, really want to know. Basically, it's would you rather. If you had to go either a risky pick, risk it all, and uh, let's say in this situation, the draft board doesn't exactly fall the way uh, you know we want it to. You either have the option of taking a quarterback at 27 or... Uh, trading down to acquire more picks, what would you do and why? Uh, between drafting a quarterback at twenty-seven and trading back, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade back. 
um, because I think that the the second round of the draft is going to be loaded with talent. Um, and I don't look. I think that the Breeze window, um, even with our improved defense and the the good running game and all that, I think the Breeze window is two three years max, and it's so hard to build a Super Bowl winning roster and a formula in the locker room that works an offensive system that works a defense that works it is it's extremely hard to build a roster good enough to win a super bowl and the saints are in a position where we're one of the four best teams in the league which is is really hard to get to and you know with a quarterback like with like breeze that comes around once in a once in a lifetime we need to do whatever we can to maximize our chances to win a Super Bowl, at least one, in the next two to three years. And I know that a lot of people may disagree. Like if someone like Lamar Jackson fell to us or even like a Baker Mayfield fell to us, it would be really, really hard to pass that up. Um, but I'm, I'm going to trade back and I'm going to acquire more picks because I think there's guys in the second round, even maybe the third round, that could come in and, and, and contribute um, – you know, in, immediately. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna risk a quarterback that early, um, just because I know what we have is right there. I know we should have won that Minnesota game, and I know if we went to uh, Philly, there's a good chance we could have beaten them. I mean, that was yeah. walking into a buzzsaw, but I think we we definitely would have put up a better fight than the Vikings. The Vikings were smoked. The Saints took the life out of the Vikings in the second half, and the Vikings just didn't. Never. They just never recovered. And I think if we had gotten through to Philly and we got to the Super Bowl, there's a good chance we could have won that. Like, I I think the Saints were right there as far as talent-wise and ready to roll. So in the next year or two, I'm doing everything possible to get to the Super Bowl and win it. And I'll deal with the two or so years of trying to figure out who's going to play quarterback next. Heck, I'll I'll sign a free agent. In a couple years, there'll be Mm. some free agents out there. Get a bridge guy. Uh, Yeah. 100% 100% on board with you, Charlie. I, I would rather trade it. The only reason I think we should draft a quarterback at 27 is if we sign Kirk Cousins and then we get, like, Lamar Jackson or in a three-quarterback set out there with Breeze on the field. I mean, that that's like that's like an unstoppable offense right there. But uh, other than that, I, I don't see us drafting a quarterback at 27, taking that risk. Trade down, I would love for us to get a second-round pick. I really wouldn't, for the exact reason you said, Charlie. There are so many guys on the back end of the first round that are going to fall into the second round. And they're going to be there for our picking, and they're going to contribute right away. And again, I trust the instincts of Loomis, Jeff Ireland, and that entire front office of the Saints. Uh, Last year, unprecedented draft class. I think that they have the momentum coming into this draft. And even though we are at an awkward position, better than than we've had the last few years being in the middle, like you said, Charlie, in the first round. So I'd rather trade down, get some more picks, acquire guys who can obviously help us out right now. And free agent quarterback classes are typically usually strong and if we have breeze out of here in two to three years we're gonna have a lot more cap space most likely unless something crazy happens we're gonna have a lot more cap space because we don't have to worry about you know re-signing breeze and we'll still have some guys on rookie scale contracts at that time um so we'll be able to have the money to sign a bona fide free agent quarterback i think at that time if we wanted to go that route um what do you think tyler you're you a risk taker, you conservative guy. Um, what are you thinking here? I'm glad you asked me. So, in my opinion, I guess uh, I I would want the Saints to take a quarterback if all of these things happen. Obviously, uh, we'll get into this question next. But the Saints, like we mentioned, have a lot of ifs, have a lot of question marks, have a lot of things that need to be taken care of. 
I, I can go off and list a few right now. Defensive end, cornerback, linebacker, a bunch of stuff. If they were to, let's say, go super hard, uh, really aggressive in free agency, take care of most of the positions, uh, you know, that would uh, that we would focus uh, if we didn't, that we would have to have to focus on in drafting, you know, to to fix. Um, I, I guess then I would only be comfortable with saying, okay, let's see if Lamar Jackson is there at 27. The reason why I say this is because right now this team isn't a team that is rebuilding. It's a team that just made the playoffs and is looking to make the playoffs again. You know, and uh, the argument I've tried making to people in the past, it, or this season for that matter, this offseason, is a quarterback, unless you're a team that has no quarterback, doesn't provide anything with that pick. Uh, like, look at our situation with Drew Brees, you know. Drew Brees is still playing. He's still good to go. What does that pick provide you uh, right now? Nothing. In a couple years, when he retires, then it helps you. But right now, nothing. So, unless the dominoes fall in the right direction, I'd probably be down with um, trading down and acquiring more picks. Because, uh, you know, you could probably find a lot of uh, steals, you know. And, I mean, look at Marcus Williams and all those players from last year. The Saints did a really good job. So, I expect them to do it again. But with that out of the way, obviously, I'm going to start with you, Dan, this one. We've got a lot of positions we need to take care of. Uh, like I just mentioned, there are too many to count, honestly. And which position would you say comfortably, if the Saints draft, they would be in the best best position going forward? What position, basically, do you think they need to get taken care of out of the way before next season? At least. Man, it's tough. And, again, it all depends on no. free agency, um, yeah. uh, on who we sign and whatnot. So, for me right now, I think it's I think it's the front seven. Any any position in the front seven, whether it be linebacker, defensive tackle, another edge rusher to complement Cameron Jordan. Um, yeah, anything front seven. We need to bolster up the trenches for us. And, like I said, we need to get better tacklers in there, guys who can at least provide depth for, you know, if A.J. Klein goes down. We had so many injuries to that front seven a season ago that were pretty detrimental to us uh, in, in the in the long run, it seemed. So if we address that front seven, I think that's going to be great. Most importantly to me, linebackers, because that is the lifeblood of the defense. Um, and also, I, th- I think options for Drew Brees, besides the backfield, obviously our, our running backs are bolstered up for the, for the next few years at least. Get him, get him a good tight end. Again, if, if we sign a really good free agent tight end, we don't have to address it in the draft. That would be awesome. If we sign a really good slot receiver who can be a good option for Breeze, don't have to address that in the first round. But if we don't, we really need to start considering that because the older Breeze gets, again, very accurate last year. 72% broke the record. He still got it. But the reason he did is because, the uh, number one, the system that, that the Saints run, obviously Drew Brees knows it like the back of his hand and he can do it in his sleep. So he's very accurate there. But also he had some guys with really, really good hands and really reliable catchers. We don't know if Coleman or Snead will be back. Um, so if we if we at least just get one guy to replace the production of those two, which I think is doable, we'll be in good shape. And, and again, it'll be like a rig-scale contract to pay him. So it'll be interesting to see. But for me, most importantly, it's front seven for me, especially linebackers, that we need to address in this draft. There you go. What about you, Charlie? What do you think? Yeah, I like that. I like front seven. Uh, I really like your cornerback idea earlier in the offensive line. I don't think you could you could ever draft enough offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, okay. But it just seems the last couple of years the injury bug on our team has always gone through the defense. So, um, you know, linebacker definitely is an area of concern for me. And we talked about how Marcus Williams was a steal in the second round. 
I'm still full on uh, Alex Anzalone guy. I really think mm-hmm. that that guy can be our will, our weak side linebacker. That yeah, you know, that athletic dude who can who can make plays. I really think he's got it. We just need to find a way, if possible, to keep his shoulder from from getting hurt because the shoulder was an issue in college. The shoulder was an issue after the Miami game. Um, so, but I, I do think we don't. I still think we don't really have a true three down uh mike linebacker on the on the field i think or on a roster i think yeah i think klein might be able to do it but i think he's he's pretty good in that sam role tail really made some strides towards the end of the year um but i yeah i mean a difference making mike linebacker in my opinion is probably the biggest need on the defense right now mm-hmm. and you what the craziest thing about all this is is there can be an argument made for every single position of need for the Saints. You can make an argument for the offensive lineman, Strafen uh, Calamete. You can make an argument for the receivers. Just You can make an argument for every single position yeah. the Saints need right now. And that's the craziest thing. So I think, you know, heading into this draft, I don't know about you guys, but I think I'm going to be happy either way as long as they play it smart and they don't, you know, they don't uh, – draft because of need they take the best player available they just play it really smart like maybe what Dayton said maybe a little conservative trading down but I don't think they could go wrong at this point I you know for me I I think it comes both ways I think you need obviously need a receiver and offensive line and offense I think on defense you definitely need at least a defensive end uh, maybe uh, an interior defensive tackle nose tackle or maybe even a linebacker too but I, you have to ask me my answer. I guess my answer would be a little bit of everything, you know. Uh, get each and every individual topping, for that matter. Yeah. If the Saints were an ice cream, but you want, um, you want to clone the twenty seventh pick and just get like five, so so we just have as many options as possible at twenty seven. Yeah, right. But, but if we get just, to like five guys with one pick, we'd be set. Yeah, That'd I just hope the Saints like take it smart, take it slowly. You know, they don't freak out and say, "Oh, this guy is the guy. We want him now." But like, take a look at all their options because of, again, like we said, this team's got a lot of holes to fill, you know, and obviously they don't want to, you know, approach it differently and screw up and then have us, you know, falling apart halfway through the 2018-19 season. Right. You know, yeah, that'd yeah. be my answer. 100% with you, man, yeah. And you, you'd think that this team was bad if, 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 if somebody didn't know anything about the Saints and they heard us talking about the, the positions <laughs> they needed to address, you'd think that this was a bad team. No, we were, like Charlie said, literally like two steps away from, from winning the Super Bowl, yeah. or at, at the very least playing in it. So uh, this team is in, for the most part, good shape. We just really need to bolster it up to make really have a Super Bowl-caliber um, team. So let's get into some big news. I'm sure a lot of you have been waiting for us to bring it up. Uh, I think that there's two big storylines. Obviously, we talked about the Streif uh, retirement. Wish him best of luck uh, if, if, if that is the route he's, he, he's choosing now, and it sounds like that's where he's going. Wish you the best of luck, man. Thank you so much for everything you've done for the Saints through the past season. You've been the most consistent offensive lineman we've had ever since you came onto the team and last member of that 2006 draft class for us. So, well wishes to Streif. Tweet him on Twitter uh, if, if you can. Hootat Nation. Um Kenny Vaccaro is, is I think, the other big name stirring around right now. Doesn't look like he's going to be returning to the team, according to reports. We're not going to franchise tag him. To me, personally, I, I, I think, overall, that's going to benefit us in the future. I've been struggling with this. I don't know. I would love to keep Vaccaro because he's a talented guy. Last year, he didn't quite prove his worth to us. 
those penalties. Those penalties getting like what was that the the Rams game where he, he just got lost. That was that was yeah. that was that was a Health opposing drives to yeah. be honest. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like he he's coming back to the team. Um, so I, I don't know, Charlie. What are you? What do you think about that? Obviously, we've been talking about some quarterbacks we might need to get. We did sign, and then and I'll add this in as well to to, to show that perhaps Vicar really isn't coming back. We did sign Kurt Coleman from the Carolina Panthers to a three-year deal. As cap hit is, I believe, what, $6.5 for this year, yeah. um, which isn't too bad. Veteran safety guy. So do you, do you, do you prefer us going without Vicaro? Because, because I prefer us not spending that money and, 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 and trying to look somewhere else. Yeah, I think, I think Vicaro is probably – um, you know, he, he, he's not the kind of guy who would offer a, uh, hometown discount. Definitely right. not. And, uh, and I think he even didn't say as much, but he said something along the lines of, of how he wanted to, um, you know, maximize his, his, his potential or his, his earning potential. And then, um, so I, Vicaro was like, he's such a head scratcher. I mean, he had the talent, like he had the talent to be a really Im- you know, an impactful player for the defense. And at times he was, and at times he wasn't. Um, I think the biggest issue with him, you know, leaving is he was a leader in the locker room. He was a leader on that defense. And, and losing that is, that's like the the intangible part of the locker room that, that goes away when, uh, you know, when he goes. So that, that part's tough. But I, I probably am more, uh, I'm okay with signing Kurt Coleman. He's um He's known around the league as a very disciplined guy, a very smart guy, doesn't get penalized often. Uh, you won't see him completely out of coverage often. Um, he is kind of getting up there in age. You know, <laughs> going back to the draft, I could totally see us drafting a, uh, a safety um, mm. because, you know, I think we have our free safety position on lock. Von Bell, to me, is like, you know, he's, he's, he's not – the kind of guy who's who makes his money out in the open and in uh in coverage so and then kurt coleman you know 30 what 30 31 around Mm -hmm. there so you know i mean i see some age back there i mean chris banjo's on the roster he's more like a special teams guy so i'm cool with the kurt coleman signing i like that we keep pulling these uh these um these panthers over i mean we play guys every year twice a year you know last year three so, you know, we see stuff on film, you know, that obviously shows, okay, in our system, what we see on film when we play this guy, uh, and it's not – we don't just see him on film when we play when we play the Panthers. We see them when we're preparing for – we're preparing for the Panthers, you know, and then when, we, when we're preparing for the Bucks or when we're preparing for the Falcons. You know, we see so much film on those three other teams all the time because – they, because of the common opponents, you know, we play the basically. I think every year you have the same schedule as your uh, your the other teams in your division, with the exception of one team, right? It's I guess that that one team is has to do with the seeding of your of uh, of the respective um, division. So we see a lot of film on those guys. So I'm really cool with that. Losing Streif is tough. I mean, yeah, like you said, man, he's he's a stalwart. He's a really cool guy. I got a chance to meet him at training camp, and he's just one of those dudes. <laughs> That would hang around after, talk to you, write, you know, sign autographs, joke, that kind of guy, um, you know. And if he does decide to hang it up, it would be it would be super awesome to bring him in as like an assistant offensive line coach, you know. Yeah. Just keep him in the building, keep him around the young guys, keep him around Ramchek, keep him around, you know, whoever we draft. He's 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 you know, losing yeah. him is gonna suck. I, I don't want to lose yeah. him completely. He's got uh, a coach's you know, mind. Him, he's got a coach's yeah, mind for sure. For sure. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, would you like me to tell you my opinion about uh, Lucaro? No, I think yeah. we're going to skip over you today, Tyler. So, yes, of course, I would love to hear your opinion. Okay, uh, first off, uh, we have to give a quick little plug. So I actually haven't done this yet. Dan, yeah, I, I know. I was just about to do it, too. You're talking about Joe's podcast? Yep, yep. 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 Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Too, go ahead. So, guys, our good buddy, Joseph Leo, at NotTheFake, uh, Jay Leo on Twitter, he just released his own episode of his podcast. It was episode 85 of the Grind Hours podcast. He had both Dana and I on. We talked about the same bit. We even talked about Vicaro. So if you uh, want to get uh, another uh, run for your money, go listen to that podcast, too. Great stuff there. But um, uh, it's funny also, uh, uh, you mentioned, Charlie, about uh, uh, Marcus Williams. You know, Man, that dude's going to be pro bowler, uh, I'm calling it, calling it right now. Uh, he's been preparing so well for the offseason. He, he's he's going to ball. That's all I'm going to say. He's going to yeah. ball next year. But, um, uh, so, Kenny McCarroll, uh, yeah, uh, he, he's had injuries, you know. He's done really good, but then he's done so bad, you know. And in my opinion, as much as I love the dude, I, I mean, depending on how much he would command, I'd love to see him back. But, you know, if it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be, you know, but. Yeah, that, that's just my thing, you know. I mean, obviously, you try to get younger, and the team that would probably sign would probably be a three, four year deal. I, I think he'd be close to thirty at that point, or if not over it, I don't know. Just get younger, maybe draft a safety. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, but what about you, Dayton? Well, it's always it sucks to see a former first round pick just walk in free agency, uh, especially you know Charlie said it perfectly. Vaccaro has shown the talent to us. He he's certainly been yeah. there on the field. He's 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 been there for us, but he just he really hasn't reached <laughs> the level to where we have to go. Oh, we need to keep Vaccaro. We we need to keep this guy. He was never able to prove himself to be that. May, maybe if this happened mm. last off season, maybe I, I think I would be more so inclined to franchise tag Vaccaro. But I don't want to pay him that amount of money. I, I do think that we can get. Uh, even somewhat of a better guy down the road uh, for a lot cheaper deal. Um, but I, I think Vaccaro is going to have a uh, some good years wherever he does decide to sign. Sounds like he's interested in the Cowboys. There might be some mutual interest there. He is from Texas, went to college there. So that could be interesting. But I, I, I'd much rather not pay him the money and, and take our chances on another safety like Coleman or somebody we draft or even maybe even another free agent a couple years from now. Um, then, then pay Vaccaro that money, uh, and it's another personal to Vaccaro. He's just, you know, didn't really quite prove himself. And then I'll ask you this, Charlie: you've you've been monitoring this probably just as much as we have, if not more, uh, since you are from that DC area. Uh, we, 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 Tyler and I talked about it on Joe's podcast where we think he'll go. Where do you think Kirk Cousins is going? I, you know what? It's crazy. Like you saw this report that it was down to four teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Jets, and the Vikings. And yeah. then and then yesterday it was two teams. It was the Jets and the Vikings. And it's like, okay, well, if he goes to the Jets, it's because he wants to make the most money possible. If he goes to the Vikings, it's because he wants to make good a good amount of money and he wants to win. And then you see something else that comes out again today that says all of his options are still open, which oh. tells me uh, that he hasn't really seen an offer that he, that he really likes right. yet. Um, right. And you know what? Like – if I'm the Vikings, I like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of Kirk Cousins. I do not think he's yes, yes. He is an upgrade. He is an upgrade over Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. But when you start to factor in the money, yeah. I don't think he's worth it. I really don't think. You know, I saw someone um, 
someone uh, actually around here was like a Redskins blog said that Chris Cooley, you know, he's like a local legend here. Everyone in DC loves Chris Cooley, the old tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Tight end for the Redskins. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's a really cool dude, but you know, he's, he's on local radio shows here all the time. I think he actually has his own radio show, but he was told by an agent that, that the Vikings offered uh, Kirk Cousins three years, $91 $91 million. I saw that fully too, yeah. Guaranteed. yeah. Fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed, yeah. We're getting close to, like, baseball contracts here. Right. I do not, you know, I know. you got to have a franchise quarterback to win, and if you don't have one, you're not going to win, and that's just sort of the price of it. But, man, I would hate to be the team that guarantees Kirk Cousins $91 million when, when right. Case Keenum's out there. You know, I think a lot of Case Keenum's success had to do with Pat Shermer, you know, one of the best offensive coaches in the league who's moved on to, what, the Giants now? Um yeah, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to walk in there. And look, Kirk has Kirk has benefited. His best years were with Sean McVay. Look what McVay did in L.A. and with um with uh, Jay Gruden. Look what Jay Gruden was doing with Andy Dalton. J- Jay Gruden comes to D.C. and the, the the Bengals offense falls apart, and the Redskins offense is is decent. I don't think that. Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins are going to walk and go to their wherever the hell they're going to end up and be who they thought they were. And if I had to guess, I would say probably the Vikings. The Vikings is the team that when you factor in ability to win now and money, they have a much better cap situation than yeah. the uh, than the Broncos do. The Broncos would have to probably lose some people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if I'm if I'm Kirk Cousins' agent, right? I'm going to sit with them and I'm going to be like, look, you got this offer from the Broncos, uh, but you're not really going to that Broncos team. Mm-hmm, exactly. For them to pay you this, those guys aren't going to be there when you get when you show up. You yeah. know, it's time to go to work and show up. Some of those guys aren't going to be there because they had to pay they had to pay yeah. for it. I think as far as talent wise and cap space, Vikings are are uh, are probably where he's going to go. Yeah. You know, and if Kirk wants to maximize his dollar amount, which I don't really have a problem with, you know, he he's only going to be able to play football once in his life, and he's only going to, you know. I don't really have a problem with him going to the Jets and making a whole pile of money either. But yeah, yeah. man, for sure, I, I'm leaning towards uh, the Vikings just because you know they have a they have a, they have a win now roster. Um, but they, you know, the Vikings aren't. <laughs> I don't think the Vikings are this team that is like untouchable and they're guaranteed to be back. You know, in into one of the top four teams in the NFC. I really don't. Nick Foles tore that defense yeah. to shreds. Drew Brees put yeah. that defense on roller skates in a yeah. half. Their season could you have know, been a fluke. Could have been a that fluke. Defense, yeah, that defense is thin. Yeah, their frontline starters are good. Mm-hmm. I think their cornerbacks are kind of weak, but their frontline starters are good. But that's it. They don't have rotate. Yeah. They don't have rotational guys that can come in. You right. know, so you go ahead, go ahead, guarantee Kirk Cousins $91 million and then go try to backfill your, your roster to compete with the Saints again, to compete with the Eagles again, and to compete with Aaron Rodgers when he comes back. Go right ahead, yeah. Minnesota. I'm actually cheering for you to do that. Forget it. $100 million. Guarantee him $100 million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think the dumbest move for any of the teams is also the smartest move for Cousins, and it's the Vikings deal. I think... Any team can can get away with with signing Cousins and going. Yes, this is an absolute a total upgrade for us inside and out. With with the Vikings though, you look at it and obviously Cousins is a better quarterback than Case Keenum through and through. Hundred percent agree with that. But the money difference is that really an upgrade for the Vikings? I mean, I mean, I know they have the cap space to pay Cousins, but if you're guarantee guaranteeing him almost hundred million dollars, 
I mean, it, it, is he going to go out there and and give you a hundred million dollars worth of play? I don't know. I didn't I didn't quite see that in his last season with the Redskins. Now he was throwing the ball to like Joe Schmo. He's throwing it to just random dudes, and Terrell Pryor has rocks for hands. So I, I got to give him the benefit of the doubt for his last season. He has he has shown throughout his career that he is a good quarterback. But I, I yeah, what's up? Uh, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. No, you're good. Really quick. So when our uh, goofy. Uh, uh, goofball head coach Sean Payton. Um, I don't know if this is a really goofball move, but um, so the checkdown just wrote on Twitter. Since 1993, we've seen some incredible running back prospects from Adrian Peterson to LT. Sean Payton says that Saquon Barkley is the best running back in 25 years. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Interesting. Uh, he's probably um wrong. I don't know if he's wrong. I don't know if he's right. But what I think he's doing is making damn sure yeah. uh, there's a lot of people who want to get up there to get him and right. freak out to go get him because yeah. that we don't need Saquon Barkley. You know, more people fighting for him, the better for us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think – I don't know if he's the best – I, I, Adrian Peterson's college highlights were just monsters. Same, same with Barkley, but, I mean, holy cow. I, I don't. I don't even know. I. I. You could even make the argument that Todd Gurley was maybe a better prospect coming out of Todd Gurley was just a crazy prospect coming out of college as well. But yeah, I'm. I'm with you, Charlie. I mean, the only reason Peyton will ever speak about a prospect he's not going to go up and get is to spook other front offices. If the Browns draft, hear all I'm saying. Barkley is a tremendous talent. I think he's going to have a great NFL career. If the Browns draft him number one overall, that is officially the death of their franchise. You do not. We saw it with Trent Richardson. He goes third overall, and he got traded for a first-round pick, and he still never panned out. You do yeah. not draft running backs with the first overall pick in in the in this league. Fourth overall is is fine, if, especially if you're a team like the Cowboys or or the the uh, Jaguars a season ago. Good prospect up there. So, and the Browns had the fourth overall pick, and I uh, unless Indianapolis takes Barkley at three, I think he's going to be there at four. So, if I'm the Browns, just hold off. Get a better prospect, maybe a you know a Sam Darnold or a Josh Rosen, number one overall. But yeah, I I, I think that that's a smart move by Peyton overall to kind of yeah. hype up. Not, not even hype up Barkley. He doesn't have to hype up Barkley, but to bring him up like that and 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 to, to show other front offices something like that. Yeah, it's gonna make the panic a little bit more. But yeah. uh, honestly, if I were the Browns, I would. This is gonna sound weird. I I draft Barkley overall, a first overall, because I think I think Barkley's the best player in the draft. Okay, and I think there are. They pick fourth. I think the yeah. Browns probably have five quarterbacks they like. So and, if you're yeah. picking a fourth, uh, you know, there's two, three, four. That's two. That's three spots back. You could trade back to. You could trade back two more spots and still get one of those quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I'm the Browns. The Browns have like three second round picks. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's time for the Browns to start to start using these picks and mm-hmm. using their cash to build a winning roster. Yeah. And um. You know, a trend that we see, and this is getting way off topic, but, you know, a trend that we see in the NFL is these smaller, quicker linebackers like Deion Jones, uh, Philip Buchanan, and these guys coming out in the draft um, the draft this year. You know, they're, they're a little smaller. You know, they're like 6'1", 230-pound guys who can run sub-4'4s. That's great, but mm. offenses, offensive coaches are really smart in the NFL, and what they're going to do to counter that is to just is to just – uh, you know, run the ball down your throat. Yeah. So if the Browns, you know, think, remember guys, the Browns play in the, in the AFC North. It's cold. Yeah. It's a nasty division. Um, 
There's the one thing I don't give a crap who your quarterback is, man. If you have someone in the backfield like Saquon Barkley, he can take a lot off defense. He can take a lot off your young quarterback. I'm drafting Barkley number one because I think he's the best player in the draft. And then I'm taking one of those other guys at four or I'm going to trade back, you know? I I like that. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I would certainly like like. I guess I am with you then, now that I think about it. Yeah, if, if we're talking best overall prospect in this draft, top to bottom best player, it's Barkley, I think. So, I, and I, you know, usually what what, what do you got to do with the number one overall pick? Select the best guy possible, uh, and that is Barkley. Um, you can't get it wrong. You cannot get yeah. the number one pick wrong, you know. And yeah. the, the Browns are notorious for getting every damn pick wrong. Oh, absolutely. Except for yeah. last year, I think they did okay. Um, Ju- yeah. But, yeah, man, you can't get that wrong. Who'd they get? They got a uh, Jabril Peppers. Didn't, not 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 too bad. But I think their second, the who, Deshaun Kaiser. They got him second. I mean, like if you're gonna if you're gonna go after a quarterback and you're thinking he's gonna be a starter, I mean, spend a Deshaun Kaiser was not ready for the NFL. Uh, you know, it's crazy. One thing I want to bring up before we jump into uh, Tyler's answer about um, whatever we were talking about before, I totally forgot what we were talking about with uh, uh, Barley. What's that? Jimmy Graham rumors. Oh yeah, well, well, yeah, that's what we'll get to right after. Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker out of Virginia Tech, who's also brother with uh, brothers with uh, Trey, uh, running back on the Saints. He's 19 years old. I didn't even I didn't even think that was possible to have a 19 year old prospect, but if, I, I think he turns 20 soon. But still, that is very young for prospect. So I'm excited to see where he goes because he's going to play a long time in the NFL if he stays healthy. Because 19 year old prospects, man, that's crazy. But uh, yeah, Jimmy Graham rumors. <laughs> Let's get into those right before. Uh, well, I'll just tie it into our final topic. We're just going to do a quick free agency roundtable. Obviously, one big name that's tied to the Saints right now in free agency doesn't look like he's going back to the Seahawks. Jimmy Graham. Former Saint traded him for Max Unger uh, a couple of years ago. I believe it was in 2015, right that offseason. Traded for Max Unger in a first-round pick that turned into Stephon Anthony. So, essentially, we got Jimmy Graham for Max Unger and, and like, a couple of snaps for Stephon, from Stephon Anthony, however many snaps he played for us. Um, now, he's a free agent again. Saints need a tight end. Kobe Fleener is not panning out. Uh, by the way, I do hope that we, no matter what happens, I do hope that we cut Kobe Fleener because I do not want to be paying him that contract well, tight end set, so. i mean i think there's a lot of good tight end prospects in the draft and we'll get to that in just well yeah, we, we've sure. kind of already talked about it. there's also a couple of good free agent ones but jimmy graham is out there are you guys opposed to the idea of bringing him back i'm not and i think a lot of the who that nation isn't tyler are you opposed to it would you like to bring jimmy graham back and on top of that let me know who else you want the saints to target in free agency this offseason if there's any specific names or positions let me know uh, talk about Jimmy Graham. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. So here, Dan, beforehand, <laughs> I'll, I'll have you answer a couple questions, and they'll, they'll, they'll tie my answer in. How old is Jimmy oh, Graham? Uh, isn't he 30? 30, 30, right? 30? 30, yeah. So he's over 30. How much money is he going to command in free agency? That's, How much money is that's the thing. That's the thing. I feel like he would take a pay cut to come back to New Orleans. That's mm. all I'm saying. I think he would. From, from the support, I mean, look at Mark Ingram. Look at Zach Streif tweeting him on Twitter. I mean, they yeah. are showing him that they want him back. A bunch he, of people, too. Justin Hardy, a bunch of people. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's true, too. Uh, so let's say he's probably going to want around 6 to $8 million per year, a 30-year-old uh, tight end. Yes, I do. As much as I'd love to see the reunion, in my opinion, I'd rather have Dallas Godair, okay. a young yeah. guy, 
that's just my guy. That, that's my two cents. As much I, I would love to see him no, back. No, no. But that, only if he takes a pay cut. Dallas Godair is my guy, Tyler. Okay, I've been talking about this whole podcast. Sure. Dallas Godair is my guy. Okay, 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 Tyler. No, um, no, no. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see us draft Dallas Godair too. And so I, I'd, I'd rather see us draft Dallas Godair than sign Jimmy Graham. But if Jimmy Graham's commanding six to eight mil per year, that's about the same amount we paid Kurt Coleman. And I feel like Jimmy Graham is going to have more opportunities to make big plays for us than Coleman. Oh. I, I'd say do it. What do you think, Charlie? Uh, yeah. Uh, Sports Track has Jimmy's projected salary at six point seven million dollars. Okay. I'm okay with that. Me too. I'm okay with that. I mean, give him a two year, uh, you know, I don't know, thirteen million dollar contract. I don't know, something like that. Give give him a decent amount of guarantees. Look, no one. I mean, there were t- yeah, Reggie Bush. I'm thinking. Um, obviously breeze with what he does but man the superdome when jim no one mm. outside maybe bush at times would light up that superdome like jimmy graham man yeah i mean there's something about having a six eight tight end just straight bodying dudes up in the in the red zone and and just mossing people for the touch like there's just nothing you can do to defend that and look jimmy is he's productive he had what 10 touchdowns last year that's yeah. That's a lot more uh, production than what we're getting currently. Yeah, I, I'd like one of these young tight ends, and I'm what I'd like to see us do is get Jimmy. I'm I'm full on in support of of re-signing Jimmy Graham because I think it'll. I don't think he's gonna be as expensive. I mean, Sport Track has him at six point seven million dollars a year, which I think is fair for him. Um, I don't think he'd be expensive, and I think we could use one of our later picks to to draft a younger tight end. And and honestly. I would love to have two tight end sets uh, with with Kobe Fleener. Kobe Fleener's mm. cap it this year is uh, is eight is eight million dollars. Okay, so if we sign um, Jimmy to six or seven million dollars, I mean that's you know you're getting up into fifteen million dollars at the tight end position. I don't think we would do that. Um, and so if we were to cut Kobe, it would have to be. It would have to be a, a post June one cut. He'd have to be that guy because if you do that cut, uh, it's five million dollars in dead money, which is kind of a dagger. Uh, but and then but it's a three million dollar cap saving. So that's more money to sign depth guys. It's more money to, you know, throw at or restructure or extend current guys that we need to think about doing. Um, mm-hmm. But if you did a, a pre a pre June one cut, I'm on uh, over the cap right now. Your trusty uh, cap wizard website. If you did a pre pre, he's definitely not getting cut before June. I mean, that would be eight point two million dollars in dead money, and you'd have a net loss of two hundred thousand dollars in cap space. So that's not going to happen, right? Uh, you know, I mean, but I mean, really, guys, having someone like that in our offense that knows the offense, that has the repertoire with with Breeze, knows the language of the offense. There's not a lot of teaching, and he's not that bad of a blocker. I mean, I know that was I'm like unless so we can block better. Because you know, I, obviously, I, I don't think he's that bad. Sure, he does. You're not going to sign Jimmy Graham to to line up and be your inline tight end blocker all the time, but get him out on the edge. I mean, all he's got to do is just get in people's way, like Brandon yeah. Coleman. Brandon yeah. Coleman mm-hmm. just sort of uses his long frame, yeah. and push smaller DBs around, and boom, there goes Camara running right. right past. I mean, because right now it's the Camara show for sure, not the Jimmy yeah. Jimmy Graham show. So no, yeah. no, sure, it's still the Camara show, but I mean. Guys, imagine having him on the field with Kamara because mm-hmm. who do you cover tight ends with? You usually try to cover a tight end with a linebacker or a safety. Uh, or a safety. Who do you cover running backs with? Linebacker or safety, linebacker yeah. Or safety. There's going to be a mismatch either way. 
Yeah, I mean, remember when when we had Jimmy Graham and and and, and uh, Darren, Darren Sproles? Sproles? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, pick your pick your poison, and and man, yeah. <laughs> like one of these young guys, but those young guys aren't guaranteed to come in here and do what I know Jimmy Graham can do. Jimmy yeah. Graham's not going to be 2011, 2013 Jimmy Graham, but he's going to be better than anything mm. we've had since. Yeah, and his first year with the Seahawks, or I guess first first two, kind of up and down with it with his production, but he finally got into the groove last year, and he really improved his numbers. I'm surprised the Seahawks are kind of. I, I understand it's the, it's a it's a money situation type thing, and I don't think he lived up to their expectations of him. Because again, when he got traded to the Seahawks, he was I think top five tight end in the NFL at the time still. Uh, so I, I I would love to have him back overall. I think that I would love to have him back. Is there any other specific names you want us to target in free agency, Charlie? That you've been uh, kind of mulling mule, over? Because there's there's a lot of guys out there, obviously, but and and, and that's the weird thing. Teams yeah. in the NFL value, um, you know, rookies. I think more so than you know, teams will build through the draft and more so than free agency. But free agency starts a month and a half before the draft does, so teams almost are kind of forced to spend their money right away on guys because, and it's kind of so. To me, I, I almost wish the draft was before because I think we'd have a better idea as to who we should sign come free agency. Obviously, that's not the way it is, but yeah, who, who you got anybody on your radar? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree, but they, you know, they want they want those veterans to get yeah. paid. Yeah, the NFL yeah. wants the veterans to get paid. Right. So, uh, I mean, I I like Trey Burton, you know, because yeah. it says we're one of a few teams that are a bunch of teams. I guess was the word used as mm-hmm. far as the interest in in Jimmy Graham. But Trey Burton's going to be, you know, probably like an eight or nine million dollar tight end guy. Like right. he's going to be he's going to be more expensive than Jimmy, and I'm more inclined to sign Jimmy. Uh, because of all the reasons I named before, and then draft a younger guy, and and go from there. So, uh, I know Dante Moncrief has been a guy that's yeah. been tossed around. Uh, I'd like that. I actually saw, I think it was Rappaport, um, tweet <laughs> out that that it looks like there could be something there with Moncrief and the Ravens. Mm. Um, so we may be out on him. Yeah. Sammy Watkins is a guy that's probably going to get overpaid. I don't want anything yeah. to do with that. Me I don't want either. anything to do with that. Um, and I kind of like our strategy that we've had in free agency the last couple of years. Like we haven't been making a lot of crazy splashes. We've been really deliberate and, um, in, in signing good value guys. Like AJ Klein was a good value guy. Ted Ginn was a good value guy. Uh, Alex Okafor was a good value guy. Absolutely. I hope, you know, I hope we resign him, but Larry yeah, Warford. I, I Larry was Warford a good... was a guy who we paid. Larry Warford right. makes a lot of money for for yeah. a guard. He's, oh, that's right. He did sign hit... that. He signed that three year <laughs> deal, didn't he? That's right. Yeah. Well, his cap hit uh, is nine million dollars. That's so he's, right. He's one of the most. High... But that's you know, I, have, I really don't have a problem when you have a six foot quarterback and you put your money in the uh, interior of the line. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, he's one of the best guards in the league. He's earned it. But in the most part, yeah. I don't want us to go nuts in uh, free agency, but I do think we need to do something. You know, we can't sit and um, you know sit on our hands and just hope the draft goes well. We gotta do signings like a Kurt Coleman or maybe a Jimmy Graham or uh, one of these pass rushers out of Philly that's not going to get re-signed because they can't afford. I mean, Philly's like way over the cap as yeah. it is. You know, they're not going to keep all them pass rushers. I'd love to be able to nab one of them, one of those guys, maybe in the second round of the free agent frenzy. Mm-hmm. So. Not a lot of specific names. I mean, Allen Robinson yeah. would be cool, but I think he's a guy that's going to get overpaid, and I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't want to do that. There's two, I think, really interesting defensive guys from Philly. I think that we should go after. 
Uh, Nigel brought him. I, I, I think I might have talked about him in the last podcast. I know I had him in one of my articles. I think that he, he would be a fantastic outside linebacker for us and provides really good um, uh, veteran experience. But, again, with with Anzalone, uh, if, if he stays healthy, we, we're not going to need a guy like that. But I think that Broadham could complement him on the other side. That would be interesting. Other guys, Vinny Curry. Um, I don't know if we necessarily should go after him. I do think he's an interesting name out there on the market. If he's available for, for cheap, we should at least consider it. Again, anything to bo- uh, bolster up that front seven, I- I'm down with it. Really, any name out there. Um, what about you, Tyler? Any any specific names you think we should go after? Because we, we, we've talked about the positions we should address, and there's quite a few. But free agency is, a, is kind of a whole different ballgame because you really have to deal with the money. You know, for me, I haven't really been – following the names as much of more of the positions mm-hmm. for me it doesn't matter who the Saints sign as as long as they just sort of lay the foundation so they can sort of kick back relax in the drafts and sort of take the best player available you know i i, I will I, I will admit i haven't exactly been like close on every single free agent guy out there but like i said i think just if they hit on the main positions they're looking for i think they should be fine but that's just me well, I, I, I think one thing to take away from this podcast, if anything, is the Saints need help in, in a few areas, but no way, shape, or form are they in trouble at all. So this is, I, I think, yeah. a very promising offseason for us because all of the guys we get are either going to be for depth purposes or to bolster one of our um, weaknesses that kind of held us back from getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think overall th- this team is in very good shape. We have, a, we have a competent front office, which is more than some teams can say in the NFL. Uh, we're looking at you, Cleveland. We also have a great head coach. We still have a franchise quarterback. We still have, I mean, one of the best rookie draft classes of all time a season ago, entering their second year. And we also have Mike Thomas, uh, a bona fide superstar already entering his third year. Uh, I think that this team is in great shape, and I'm excited to see what they do in the free agency and draft. Free agency officially begins a week from tomorrow. However, teams can start talking to um free agents six days from now on monday monday the 12th and then uh wednesday the 14th is when free agency officially kicks off so uh, mark your calendars for that uh and then the draft is april 26th through the 28th the first round obviously on the uh 26th so uh we'll we'll be waiting to see what the saints do with that 27th overall pick there so uh and we'll, we'll have podcast episodes before that we'll probably hopefully have one out before free agency begins next wednesday as well but uh uh, that'll do it for this show, season yep. two, episode one in the books. Charlie, thank you so much again for, for uh, joining us on the show. As always, a pleasure to have you. Plug away social media. Tell people where they can find you. Tell people what you've been up to. Just let the people know who you are, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. Always love it. Uh, at St. Charlie on Twitter. Um, in there may be in the near future uh, another podcast brewing um i'll get into more detail on that uh in the future but Sweet. just be on the lookout for that and um obviously if that kicks off I'd like to uh have you guys on that as well of course um but yeah at saint charlie on twitter and that's about it yeah we'd, lo- we'd love to be on that w- whenever it shows up would be awesome uh yeah again thanks charlie uh tyler man uh i can't i can't believe we are on our second round of this uh podcast man it's it's been almost a year since we kind of conceived this idea for the podcast it's been a it's been a crazy wild ride but uh it's been a lot of fun especially to you guys out there listening so thank you so much again uh world famous outro time tyler for the first time this season go ahead well uh first off i want to plug this too if you guys have any you know obviously this is a big time for the new Orleans Saints. 
We want to know what you're thinking. If yes. you have any comments, uh, suggestions on prospects we should take a look at, comments on who you think the Saints should take a look at and why. Just If you want to scream on the top of your lungs that the Saints should bring back Jimmy Graham, let us know that because we are happy to interact with you guys. And here's how you could do it. So, uh, well, first off, uh, we'll tell you where you can find us and then how you can interact with us. So, you can find us on iTunes, YouTube, and Blog Talk Radio. Just search the Who That Dish podcast and it'll pop right on up. Uh, you can find uh, Who That Dish itself, uh, the Facebook page, just search that. Now, where you can find us uh, to scream on the top of your lungs that you do or do not want me grab back or any of the other good stuff. You can uh, follow on Twitter the official Who That Dish podcast. Just search at the WDD podcast. You can uh, find Dayton Brown, the other guy on the other side of the mic. If you want to scream at him and tell him that you want Jimmy Graham back, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. Yes, please. Uh, you can tweet him at uh, Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Make sure to follow him, too. You can follow me and tweet me at Raymond Tyler M. And I also do Fortnite vids if you guys enjoy that. New hot commodity. But, uh, yeah, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys tuning in for the second season of the Food Dish podcast. And other than that, let's go Saints. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. More episodes to come your way surrounding free agency and the draft, of course, for our New Orleans Saints. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe everywhere you can and follow us anywhere you can as well. As always, we hope you guys have a great day. And who dat?